Welcome back. Welcome in. Episode number seven of Reteaching the Game. Carl Anthony Towns, Roller Coasters, and Trey Young arrives. I am your host, Ethan Noroff, and I am thrilled to have you back with me on episode number seven. Can't believe we're already six deep and on our seventh episode together. Couldn't be happier, happier that you guys are joining me along the way. On today's episode, we're going to get into Carl Anthony Towns and the power of a moment. We're going to talk about the Celtics roller coaster and what they've been through this season. And we're also going to get into Trey Young's arrival and the context that comes with it. And of course, as we've come to expect, finally, you can expect the TED Talk of the episode. Won't ruin it for you now. Stick around for that. As a reminder, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts to reteach in the game. You can also find us on Spotify. You can also find us on Anchor and on a number of other streaming platforms. Please make sure to spread the word. Carl Anthony Towns. Now, when he re-signed for the next half decade in Minnesota prior to this season, he made a statement. And that statement was, I am committing myself to this team. And typically when we see players do that, one of two things happens. They either take their foot off of the gas pedal slightly because they've got their money and they want to protect their investment, in this case, themselves. Or they push the throttle even harder and they want to move forward. Now, nobody can accuse Towns of taking a night off. In fact, not until recently did he miss the first game of his NBA career. But the reason he missed this game, in case you missed this, Carl Anthony Towns was involved in a car accident. And not just any car accident. Carl Anthony Towns said that he was, quote, lucky to be alive, end quote, after that happened. Towns said he had a 5% chance of surviving. And these quotes are coming from an ESPN.com article. Quote, the accident could have went, I'd say I had a 5% chance of making it out alive. I hit the 5% mark. I'd say 4% was to be seriously injured and 1% was to be minorly injured. And I came out in the 1%. Now, Towns missed a couple of games because of a concussion. And while concussions are a very serious injury, it sounds like the circumstances could have been a lot worse. And in case you were unaware of exactly what transpired, Towns was actually the passenger of this accident. He was in a Hyundai Santa Fe that had to come to a complete stop in order to avoid a separate accident. And that's when his car, Towns' car, the one that he was traveling in, was struck by a semi-truck that Towns estimated was traveling around 35 to 45 miles per hour. Now that sounds like it could have been a lot worse. And Towns talked about the importance of wearing a seatbelt, otherwise he would have gone right through the windshield. Can't reiterate that enough. And since he's been able to make his return to the court, Towns' numbers have been crazy. Over his last three games, he's averaging nearly 40 points and nearly 20 boards. 37.7 points, 18.7 boards at the time this was recorded. That's to go along with four dimes, better than a block a game, nearly four threes a game, 3.7 triples, all while shooting 60% from the floor, 60.1 to be exact. Do you know what the problem is? 
the Wolves are only one and two in those games. But in the context of the value of a moment, the power of the moment for Carl Anthony Towns, maybe this is a spark. Maybe for some people, there has to be something that happens in order to awaken them, right? We've all had experiences in which something happened, something we either truly liked or didn't like, or maybe we thought of ourselves incredibly lucky that something had happened to us, like Towns did, given that he escaped with such a minor injury or wound up to be a concussion only. Minor in the context of that car accident, again concussions are not a minor injury but his numbers have been crazy and perhaps this was his message that he was supposed to wake up and bring it with a different kind of purpose maybe this is something that for towns is going to allow him to not necessarily rededicate himself to the game but approach it through a different lens because now he has this experience and we're all shaped by our experiences and our context whether it's the way that we grew up friends that we had, relationships along the way, we're all shaped by our experiences. And it's fascinating psychology when you really think about it because then you start to understand why people are the way that they are. Don't go too deep down that hole is the only thing that I caution. Otherwise, your brain never stops and you wind up like me. It's not the worst thing in the world, but I wouldn't recommend it. Ha! The key question for the wolves, how do they move forward? Right? Of course, it's easy to say, oh, just trade Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is still owed like over $100 million. And he has been not so good this year. Barely hanging around 40% from the field. And he really hasn't evolved as a player. It's a big problem for them. But this is about Towns and his moment. So perhaps if nothing else, the Wolves will allow themselves to get an even better version of the guy that they were ready to commit the franchise to. And in the case that happens, maybe the Wolves will have an easier path moving forward. Of course, the Wolves would probably love to have the Celtics problems. The Celtics, you ask them, they're filled with them, right? It's been a roller coaster of a season, to say the least. It's, it's been a while since I can remember a team that's well over 500, nearly 15 games over. Comfortably sitting in the playoffs, albeit not exactly in the seat that they might want, that has felt this disconnected. Right, the Celtics aren't even on one of those roller coasters that people enjoy. It's more like up, down, up, down, side to side. There's nothing really good happening. The comparative context, right? I mean, the Celtics would absolutely, they would absolutely love to be enjoying a better season. But comparatively, let's use the Lakers as an example. You think the Lakers would rather deal with these problems and have that record? Hello? Of course. That's not even a question. So comparative context is important in the overall evaluation, but this has been a running theme and it hasn't just been of late, right? It's going back well over a month at this point and long before that, but about six to seven weeks ago is when the noise really started coming forward. Kyrie Irving was extraordinarily critical of some of the younger players on that team. After a game on January 12th, Keith Smith passed along this quote on Twitter, quote, the young guys don't know what it takes to be a championship level team, what it takes every day. And if they think it is hard now, what do they think it will be like when we're trying to get to the finals, end quote. And let me just interject before I continue with what Kyrie had to say. Can you imagine that this Celtics team gets to the finals? 
that is going to be a tough sell for a lot of people right now, especially with how good the Bucks and Raptors have played this season. They may not even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals at this rate. And we'll talk about that and how that impacts them moving forward. So Kyrie continued with this quote, there were no expectations last year, he said. Everyone played free and easy. Everyone surpassed whatever the expectation, whatever they expected for themselves. This year, we all have high expectations. The players, the coaches, everyone. And that's good, but we aren't doing it yet. And he didn't just stop there. Kyrie continued, we can get there. We've got to be better. I've got to be better. We need to win these games on the road. That's on me as a leader. I need to be a better leader and help to get us there. So Kyrie did wind up accepting some of the blame in that particular situation, but not before he absolutely flamed his teammates, right? And he's done that on more than one occasion this year. And that's part of his maturation and evolution as a leader, and that's all fine and good, but it does have real impact. It's like investing in the wrong company, right? And being able to move forward. Okay, you've lost money and you can move forward. That's all, that's great. But at the end of the day, you still lost money. It still has an overall impact on the chemistry, especially in this case. So that's Kyrie at the beginning of January. That's January 12th. Then you have Marcus Morris. Nearly a month later, February 10th, you have Marcus Morris making his opinions known. And what Marcus Morris had to say, and as this article from CBS Boston says, a dejected Marcus Morris. That's a great way to describe him in this particular quote. He said, quote, we don't have no attitude. We don't have no toughness. We ain't having fun. It's going to be a long season. That is a blunt assessment. Very, very honest. And you have to appreciate that. Right? That's what we ask our athletes to be is genuine and honest about the, what they're going through, what their teams are going through, how they're feeling. It's much better when athletes give us real and we as media, we as fans, We as a basketball society, we as society at large, basketball or not, invent stories. If people were just unafraid to be real, unafraid to be vulnerable, there would be no media manipulation. Really think about that because so many people are going to say, oh, yes, there would be. Of course, there would be even more content to work with. No, it would just be known. Right? It's a leveling of the playing field. It allows everybody to operate out of the same playbook. We're all just people. It doesn't matter what we do. That doesn't define us. If what you do defines you as a person, take a hard, hard look at yourself in the mirror and come up with something about something more. For me, as someone in education, of course, Of course, part of my definition of myself is that I love to work with kids. I love to influence the youth. And that's part of the reason that I do what I do. But that doesn't define the quality of human being that I am. It can be a piece to the puzzle, but it's not the full picture. Okay, remember that. So Morris continued with these quotes. Quote, I watch all these other teams around the league and guys are up on the bench They're jumping up on the court. They're doing all other stuff that looks like they're enjoying their teammates' success. They're enjoying everything and they're playing together and they're playing to win. And when I look at us, and here's what he really comes with. And when I look at us, I just see a bunch of individuals. That is a bad quote. 
to have in the middle of the season, in the midst of a playoff push on a team whose chemistry is not intact. Quote, we have a great team, but if it's not fun and we're not together, then how can you win? It hasn't been fun for a long time. So the Celtics, it's not that they're losing every night, but even in wins, they're feeling disconnected. Right? It didn't just stop there. Brad Stevens, a couple of weeks later, I'm disappointed in myself and I've got to do a lot better. I think I just have to do a way better job of holding us to the standard with which we need to play. That sounds like a coach whose message isn't being heard. That's an issue. Right? That's concerning. And then right after that, the Celtics suffered another loss. And Stevens continued, quote, we have to be a lot more connected as a team. That's been a theme for a while, end quote. Marcus Smart flamed everybody. We're just not together. Not together at all. Okay, there's a very common thread running through this conversation, which is that the Celtics do not feel connected as a team. When you do not feel connected to the people in which you work with, Human nature is that you do not put your best effort forward. Think about that. I see that every day in education. If you don't like somebody that you have to work with on a daily basis, you bring that bias into that working, into that working relationship, it damages the relationship. There have been horror stories of teachers. I had some of them growing up. Okay? I'm sure you did too that you know that teacher does not like you and will not invest in you as a result. That's incredibly difficult. It creates a bad circumstance before anything happens. So even in moments of, of potential celebration, there is no enjoyment. And that's what the Celtics are struggling with. That's about chemistry. That's about identity. That's about the relationships on that team. Right? All of these adjustments... They're likely to play either Philadelphia or the Pacers in the first round. And they better be hoping for the Pacers, but either one of those teams is a problem. Those aren't just pushover first round matchups. Maybe the Celtics can get to the three seed, but it's going to be a climb. And so as they've gone through all of these adjustments, all this change, right? Changes are only constant, but it's not comfortable. A lot of people don't welcome it. They're struggling to define roles. So no wonder the chemistry and the identity is off. But at the end of the day, what it all impacts, it impacts Kyrie Irving's future. Will he stay with this team? It impacts the Celtics' ability to put together a chase for Anthony Davis in the offseason. It also impacts the exterior perception of the Celtics' assets. If the Celtics can't win with these young kids, how good are they in a trade? How much are they worth? Some of those same questions people like to ask about the Lakers' young guns and about that core, the same questions will start becoming of the Celtics. And it was just a year ago that this was the best up-and-coming team in the Eastern Conference, and a lot of people wouldn't even hear differently. So a lot can change in 12 months. Changes are only constant. And the more you welcome it, the more you're going to get out of the process. But that's hard when there are expectations and you need constancy to fulfill them. It's hard. You have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. That's hard for a lot of people, no matter what you do. So needless to say, the Celtics have a lot of work to do. And it's not going to be easy. 
There's heavy lifting involved here. I want to talk about Trey Young's arrival. Man, at the time that draft day trade was executed and the Mavericks got their hands on Luka Doncic and we all said, oh, all they had to give up was Trey Young and a future first round pick. Unbelievable. You make that trade 100 out of 100 times. If I'm the Mavericks, I'm still making that trade. I don't think you can sit here and go back and say, oh man, they shouldn't have done that. But by the same token, you need to recognize what Trey Young is doing. The question for a lot of people will say, well, how can you evaluate what he's doing when the Hawks are allowing him to do just about anything, right? They're giving him more or less open reign and there isn't really a foundation in place around him. How can you really evaluate how good he is? Well, that's when you watch the games and you don't just look at the numbers because you're right. There can be a lot of empty numbers, especially in the NBA on bad teams. But Trey's numbers haven't been empty recently. Okay, since the All-Star break, he has been unbelievable. When this was recorded, five games since the All-Star break, he's averaging 35 and 10. 10 assists, by the way, while shooting 47% from the field, 48.9%, so let's give him 49% from three and 91.5% from the line. That's like Steph Curry on pre-workout mixed with steroids and then he pumped up with protein powder after the shooting competition before the game. What an unbelievable emergence. And over the last 10, if we zoom out, he's averaging 27 and 10.5 and assists. 27 points, 10.5 assists. Okay, Trey Young is balling. Can he win rookie of the year? We got to ask the question. I personally still feel like the answer is no. Doncic's momentum is just unbelievable. And there's no expectation that that will suddenly stop. But Trey Young is making a conversation out of it. And that's important for this league. It just adds to the intrigue. It adds to the excitement. It adds to the value of the entertainment product. And I think the NBA offers the best entertainment product year round among the four major sports. Right? That's a statement. But not really, because it's important. It's really something when the NBA has something to offer, not just when the basketball, the actual action is happening, but in addition to that, in the offseason. So with Trey Young's arrival, right, and we've been building up to this moment, there's no question. But with his arrival, it just adds another conversation and more gasoline onto the NBA's fire. They got to love it. We love it. Before we get out of here, we got to give you the TED Talk of the episode, of course, right? It's not exactly a TED Talk this time, but it does fit our mantra, so let's roll with it. I just sued the school system, six minutes long. If you have ever found yourself, your significant other, your friend, your son, your daughter, your cousin, your brother, your sister, your parents, they ever had any issues with school because they couldn't learn a certain way that was the standardized way of learning here's a message for everyone there is no standardized way of learning everyone is different and that's exactly what this video discusses it's a beautifully done piece so as a teacher as an educator as an influencer of young people i never approach the same issue with the same conversation or the same way because everybody is shaped by a different context everybody has a different story and everybody has different reasons for why they do what they do Remember that. 
try to seek first to understand before you seek to be understood. It'll add a lot of value into your life. Right? Can't wait to be back with you guys for episode number eight. As always, thanks for following along. On Twitter, Ethan underscore Noroff. Subscribe, leave that review on Apple Pods. Stream us on Spotify. Find us on Anchor and every other radio platform that you might tune into. We out.